Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to the NetSuite podcast. I'm your host, Kendall Fisher, and on this episode, I'm chatting about all things holiday planning with Josh Batchelor, Vice President of Technology for McGee and Company. Yes, as in Studio McGee. Now, if you haven't become addicted to Dream Home Makeover with Shay and Sid McGee or become a total collector of all Studio McGee decor and furniture, guilty. The company has many different facets from home decor to interior design, the aforementioned Netflix show, and a partnership with Target. Needless to say, Studio McGee has a massive footprint in the home design world. So as many of you start to plan for the 2022 holiday season, we thought we'd pick Josh's brain about how they're preparing for it. Of course, we can't discuss this season without looking back on the prior two holiday seasons, as well as supply chain challenges, economic volatility, and Studio McGee's current priorities amid all of that. We'll hear how the company uses NetSuite to forecast and plan for holiday demand, as well as bolster their website, prepare their warehouse, and ensure shipping and fulfillment meet their customers' expectations. So stay tuned because that is all coming up next. You're listening to the NetSuite Podcast, where we discuss what's happening within NetSuite, why we're doing it, and where we're heading in the future. We'll dive into the details about the software and the people at NetSuite who are behind all the moving parts. We'll also feature customer growth stories, discussing the ups and downs of running a company and how one integrated system can help your business continue to scale. Hey, Josh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Excited to have you. I am actually a huge Studio McGee fan. I'm sure you hear this all the time, but my whole apartment is basically Studio McGee. Um, so I feel like I understand why it's become so very popular, but you've been with the company since 2019. So in your own words, what makes Studio McGee stand out? You know, I think what has been unique about Studio McGee is Sid and Shay's vision really was trying to bring good design to the masses and be open about what they did. Mm-hmm. And I think with that kind of theology that they're running on, they've also been really good employers. So they treat their employees really well. And when they say they're going to treat their employees well, they follow through, which I think is not always the case with a lot of companies I've been at in the past. Um, And I think that all shines through in the, in the work that the company does and and kind of what we put out there for, for people. I love that. Um, That makes me happy as a consumer of Studio McGee to hear. So that's awesome. Um, And the numbers really, really definitely prove kind of its growth, its popularity. Can you dive into the growth the company has experienced over the past several years? Yeah, it's been crazy, the growth we've seen. Um, You know, going into, I guess we go back a few years and we were seeing steady year over year growth. And then with the pandemic, we saw uh, double growth, <laughs> which was unexpected yeah, for us. Yeah. Um, and so it's just been, it's kind of just been that steamroller over the past few years. So where does the company stand today? Like what is the Studio McGee business model and stra- strategy? So what channels do you sell, locations, et cetera? Yeah, so we have mcgeeandco.com, which is our e-commerce side of the business. Um, which is kind of the bulk of, of where the work goes. And then 
Studio McGee, the interior design side, which works with clients to help them with their interior design needs, of course. And then we have a licensing agreement with Target. And there's a few other ones that are in the works as well, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as the media arm. So we have kind of like four or five sub companies underneath the brand. Um, And the other one's the media, which the book, Netflix, things like that. Right, 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 right. Um, and roughly, like, we're, we're going to be diving into kind of preparing for the holidays here. So this is a question that kind of filters into that. Roughly, how many manufacturers do you have in your supply chain? And if you can name a couple of the locations um, where, they're, where they're at. Yeah, I don't have the exact number. But mm-hmm. I do know that we have some in India. We have some in China area. I don't know mm-hmm. for sure exactly where in there. Mm-hmm. So kind of all over that area. And recently there's been a lot of those manufacturers have started looking at moving some of their operations to Mexico. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just all over as well as some U.S. based, you know, California, Portland area suppliers as well or manufacturers. Got it. Got it. Um, well, that'll be interesting to dive into a bit later here um, when we when we. Uh, talk about the supply chain and some of the issues that that businesses have faced on that aspect. Um, like I mentioned, we're here to really talk about the ways you prepare for the holiday season, especially with that massive footprint you kind of just alluded to in the, in the many channels you sell through and um, you know services you offer. But before we can get into all that, again, we really have to look back at the past two years. Um, so what obstacles did you face amid the pandemic? I know you saw growth, but what, what were some obstacles that maybe either came with that growth or other obstacles, like I said, supply chain, consumer buying habits, et cetera. And how did you navigate those? It was interesting. Like I kind of alluded to earlier, when the pandemic kind of started and we started seeing it happen, we kind of were prepared to ride the year out thinking sales would be low. Mm-hmm. And of course, I think like a lot of industries, uh, the home industry exploded. Yeah. And so, you know, we had, like you said, supply chain issues. So a lot of what we tried to do was really highlight what we had in our warehouse or in our fulfillment center in Utah mm-hmm. that we could chip out, as well as working with some of our dropship partners to see what they had. Right. Um, and, and there was a lot of things that we were looking to launch in 2019 or 2020, right around that time, that because of issues, we just pushed out for a year mm. and, you know, pushed back. And so there, there were some categories that we had a lot of new products scheduled to come out that we didn't get a launch and had to wait a year. So how did that change kind of where you source goods or worked to increase the number of sources for, you know, particular products or what have you? I know you, you talked about, you know, adding some some suppliers in, in Mexico, for example. Is that was that kind of part of that, that, that near shoring, if you will? Yeah, that was part of it. And I think the team was really good at looking at where could we start sourcing some of this material manufacturing um, and how could we increase the times. Right. Because I think not only did we have supply chain issues of, of, you know, getting things shipped to the U S as everyone else, we had the issues of it getting stuck in the port. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. which was a whole new thing that kind of just kept stacking on top of those issues, which is, and so just kind of navigating our way around it of how do we better plan for it? You know, kind of after the first wave, it was really trying to order things even earlier to kind mm-hmm. of, prepare for that. And and so would you say that that's kind of where you are 
today. I mean, what, how are you dealing? I mean, cause they're ongoing issues. There's, yep. there's no yep. debate about that. So is that how you're kind of are you early, um, ordering things earlier? What else are you doing? Yeah. So I think it was mid last year when we started to see there wasn't really going to be an end in sight to, to the issues, the directive became very much let's start pre-buying. Let's mm. stock our warehouse. You know, we just within the past, I don't know, three months, time flies, I feel like we mm-hmm. just brought on a new fulfillment center online. It's three over 300,000 square feet. And so with that added space, it was just like, okay, let's fill it up. Right. You know, let's be prepared for delays. Let's have all of our holiday stuff pre-purchased and ready to go when we start selling holiday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that kind of brings us to what we're here to talk about today. So, I mean, I'm excited to get into how you're planning for the 2022 holiday season. But again, we've got to look back on the last couple of years. I'm curious, <laughs> how did the issues that you faced amid the pandemic, how did that impact the way you approached the 2020 and 2021 holiday seasons? What did you expect and how did you kind of plan around that? It was crazy. And I think it was, you know, 2020, it was just do whatever we can. Yeah. You know, yeah. like whatever we can to help our customers get their, get the uh, stuff they want. Uh, 2021 was very much more, we were prepared, but I still think that everyone was optimistic. I think industry-wide, everyone was optimistic, like, oh yeah, things are going to get better early in 2021 and it'll be fine by the end of the year. But mm. we did start, like I mentioned for this year we did start pre-buying and start mm. stocking more inventory um, as much as we could in our small warehouse. Um, and we kind of got lucky and was able to start utilizing the new warehouse before it was a hundred percent online to store okay. things. So we kind of just started loading up as much as we could to make sure that when people ordered, we could get it there in a timely manner. Yeah. And how are you us- utilizing NetSuite to guide some of that? What data were you looking at? I mean, what what decisions were you making with NetSuite? Yeah, for the most part, uh, for most part, they the team tends to look at you know what were previous year trends, what are even big sellers during different quarters, and so looking at that data, they were able to kind of put together you know their forecast of what they think is going to be trending this year, as well as you know the new items coming out and knowing what the trends are industry wide. They were able to kind of use that data together with the data we're pulling on that suite of, of historical and coming up with a good plan to to lead into the seasons. So what actually happened in 2020 and 2021? I mean, again, you had noted like you were in 2020, you thought buying, you know, buying was going to slow down. I mean, what what did you see actually come out of those holiday seasons? <laughs> you know, we set records, we beat projections for those time periods, which, you know, talking with people in other industries, that wasn't the case for everyone. I mean, home, like I said, I think home goods was one of the outliers that did see the bumps. Um, So yeah, for us, 2020, 2021, they overshot projections and uh, in some cases doubled what we expected. So. And you had, and you had the inventory on hand to meet that demand. Luckily we did. And For the things that we didn't have in stock or things that were backordered or or delayed, uh, most of our customers were willing to wait and were kind of prepared for that to happen. Right. And so we were able to 
still fulfill their needs. Maybe it took them six weeks to get it, but they were kind of prepared for that. Right, right. So bringing it to today, I mean, we're still dealing, like we said, we're still dealing with some of the supply chain repercussions. And then (laughs) now we've got the added challenges (laughs) of inflation and economic uncertainty. So what are Studio McGee's priorities around all of this right now? How are you navigating the current climate and looking at kind of consumer trends right now? Those are tough questions. (laughs) (laughs) What we're all doing. No, I think, you know, some good news is for us, we've started to see some of our supply chain issues uh, lessen how bad they are. Uh So we're starting to see some of that kind of resolve itself or be resolved. And then I think with the inflation stuff, coming into this year, we really looked at the year and said, this year's a year for us to to do refinement. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, knowing that sales are probably going to level off and it wasn't going to be crazy. We were going to do what we had planned on doing in 2019 <laughs> and refine our processes. Right. And so that that's really what we've been doing this year is refining as well as looking at uh, how can we make what we offer, you know, more enticing to, to the end users or to our customers. Uh, What can we, what value add can we bring and how can we make it just better and make it a place that customers are willing to spend their dollars? Right. Right. I mean, we are hearing that um, a ton. I think, I think customer retention is a big topic of conversation. Um, obviously everybody's always looking at customer acquisition, but customer, how do we keep our, our current customers coming back? Yep. Um, so I think that that's a big, uh, that's a big component to all of this. So how, how do you see this impacting the 2022 holiday season specifically for Studio McGee? Like how, how do you see things being different this year than some of the stuff you mentioned over the past couple of years? If I had a crystal ball, I'd have the exact answer, but I think, <laughs> <laughs> which we all wish we had, um, yeah. you know, we're still trending wise. We, what we've seen industry-wide is we still think that the holiday season will be, you know, quotes normal. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think the customer is going to be a little bit more discerning on what they buy. Right. They may not rush out and buy all the things they want. They may mm-hmm. be a little bit more picky about, about what they're choosing. And so I think for us, it's like I said, it's really making sure that we're putting things forward that are ready to ship. Right. So that customers are knowing that when they do spend the money on buying a sofa or artwork or kind of whatever it is, and they want it quickly, that they mm-hmm. are going to have that confirmation that they're going to get it pretty quick. And when you're looking at that, like looking at the, the items, like you said, that are ready to ship or, you know, looking at what you think are going to be some of the trending items coming into the 22 holiday season, what, what, like what data are you diving into? How are you, and how are you using that data to drive decision-making? And then on top of that, how does NetSuite fit into all of this? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, all of our data is in NetSuite. So all of our reports are coming out and we're using this year. One of the refinement things we've done is launched NetSuite planning and buying NSPB. Mm-hmm which is helping kind of wrangle that data. In previous years, the team has been using uh, exports of data into Excel and kind of building their own data lake on their computers to to figure this stuff out. So that's kind of giving the data easier access for them to pull reports and and to look Mm -hmm. at data that way. Um, And and it really is, you know, looking at the trends of previous years. The other nice thing or smart thing that McGee has done is most of the products we manufacture and create and sell aren't super trendy. 
Like they're not popular one year and they're yeah. gone the next. It's they're more timeless. Yeah, they're timeless pieces that tend to sell the same year over year. Well, that's good to know. Also good to know for me on a selfish um, kind of... <laughs> <laughs> and so, selfishly speaking with my entire apartment being Studio McGee. <laughs> right, right. And so I think it's it's nice for us in the sense that we kind of know what people are going to want in the holiday season. Right. And we're going to add new products that kind of fit in the same category or the same, you know, style. Um, mm -hmm. But it's not going to be something that is really cool this year and is dead next year. And mm. so that kind of helps us with the kind of forecasting and trending and, and creation that way. How did six out of the top seven best performing tech stocks gain visibility and control over financials, inventory, planning, and budgeting with NetSuite by Oracle? Answers at netsuite.com slash code, netsuite.com slash code. So for someone who doesn't really know what it takes to prepare for a holiday season, like what actual steps are you taking right now? Yeah, I mean, honestly, by right now, we're pretty ready to go for holiday season. They, from a design perspective on products, I think they're currently working on next holiday season already. Wow. So for now, from now until, you know, Black Friday, which really is the month of November. Um, <laughs> right. It's it's just kind of getting everything in a row, making sure our shipments are coming in, getting them stocked in the fulfillment center, making sure that the fulfillment center is ready to go, and you know, kind of buttoning up all the things on the website and in that suite, and make sure that we're looking good and ready for the the rush. Yeah. Um, and I think the what will be interesting for us this year. With the new fulfillment center is we are implementing robots to help with picking wow and so we're, we're kind of launching this whole new system before the holiday rush uh -huh. that should help expedite shipping and kind of give us some some efficiencies there that we you know in the past haven't had wow are you are you a little nervous at all about that <laughs> that's a, that's i mean that's a big change it is a big change it, and you know we're optimistic because really the robots we're using are, they just help with the picking piece of it. Okay. So it's not like they're going to pick it themselves. Right. The, I'm sure there's a better name for what the actual model is or what it is, but I'm just going to call them robots. Uh -huh. uh, they have the picking list on them and they know what row to go to. And then one of our employees will be there to kind of pick the right item based on what's on there, put it on the robot, yeah, mark it off. And then if there's nothing else on that row, the robot knows to go back to the packing station and drop it off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, yes, there's a little bit of nerves. Um, yeah. I think all that stuff's coming online in the next, by the end of August, we'll be up and running with it. So we'll have a little bit of a few right. months to kind yeah. of work out the bugs. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the worst case scenario, maybe they're not working the way we need them to, or maybe something goes wrong. We just turn them off and go back to the manual process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but yes, I'm always a little bit nervous making new things. <laughs> well, yeah, a new process. Everybody is. Um, okay, kind of like switching gears here a little bit. As you mentioned, you know, you partner with uh, major major retailers like like Target. Um, so on the distribution side, what do those partners expect from Studio McGee specifically around the, around the holiday times? You know, our the nice thing about our partnership with Target is they kind of they deal with the entire logistics side of it. 
So for us, it's, it's really our team going in, designing the products, working with their team, and then kind of stepping back and letting them manage getting manufactured, getting it stocked in stores. Um, so it's very low for us, thankfully. Well, that's great. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's more, you know, it's more on the marketing side and on Shay's time that really goes into the target kind of deal and less about us having to help get product in the doors. Got it. Got it. Interesting. That's, that is, that's something I actually have not heard before. Um, you know, sometimes we work with like health and beauty products and it's a different kind of strategy there. Um, so that is, that's really interesting to hear. Um, and obviously, you know, good for you guys, because it's like, (laughs) Hey, we get to, (laughs) you know, we, we kind of get to let them, uh, do what they're good at. Um, but I, I, you know, I have to bring this up because this is relatively, um, kind of new news, but, but topic of conversation right now, um, Walmart and Target missed their earnings estimates in part because they loaded up on inventory thinking the consumer would still be buying stuff right now. But as it turns out, and as um, I've seen all over my Instagram and TikTok, the consumer is buying more services, airlines, hotels, etc. So Target and Walmart have too much stuff on hand. How has this affected Studio McGee and how will it affect you know, anything around the holidays, if it does, or if Target just comes in and kind of, like you said, handles that logistics part themselves. Yeah. You know, I think we've been lucky and this is just, you know, I don't have all the the data into the the Target and kind of the real numbers. So I'll just go off of uh, right. my observations. How's that? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's fine. You know, I think we've been lucky that for the most part, our Target line tends to sell out yeah. pretty quick. Um, as I'm sure you've experienced as stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so... I, I waited for a, a um, I guess you would call it, a, I don't know, there's a more specific name for it, but it's kind of like a, a little mini bar thing. And it, I waited for a very, very long time and I was so glad when I got it. <laughs> yes. Uh, and sadly, I don't even have access to get that stuff early because my wife is constantly like hitting me up about something at Target that she wants. And I'm like, I, you just got to go to Target and hope you get it. I'm like, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to know which Target to look at. Yes. That's also yes. the key. <laughs> that is the key. So we've been lucky that they haven't, they didn't stock more inventory than they could sell of our line. Okay. I, I'm sure that there's some locations across the country that maybe they did that we'd go yeah. sell as well. I'm right. not sure, but I do know at least for all of the Targets here in Utah that I've been to, um, they've tended to be picked over very well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and same for all of the targets here in Los Angeles, I can assure you. And yeah. in all of the suburbs around Los Angeles. <laughs> exactly. So I think, you know, again, just, just conjecture. I'm sure that they will probably be a little more reserved with, with what they order. You know, even for our lines, they'll probably, you know, find the number that's been magical for them that sells out. Right. And I would imagine stick around that number. But, you know, I, I have seen after reading the news, and going to Target, there was a lot of men's clothes now, like overflowing clothes. Yeah. Sweats. Yeah. And so, so it's not, maybe it's not necessarily, a, a, you know, Studio McGee, but some of these other kind of other product that they kind of, I guess, overestimated yep. how much would be purchased. Um, okay. Well, that's great insight from your side of things. Okay. On the e-commerce side though, what steps do you take to draw more people to shop with you? And then how do you prepare for that larger volume? Like you said, like, especially, you know, 
Black Friday, which is all of November. Um, how do you prepare for that influx, that that larger volume of online orders? Yeah, we we look at historical data mm-hmm. to kind of help us decide how big our fulfillment center team needs to be around the holidays. And, and I think historically, we always bring on, and I don't know the exact numbers, but I'll say five to 10 seasonal workers mm-hmm. to help fulfill orders. And then we really, here soon, we'll stop making changes to the website. Right. <laughs> and we'll just kind of, you know, go into a freeze, no things are working right, only do kind of cosmetic updates to, mm-hmm. to push for the holiday season. And then from the holiday season side, it's really, I wish we had all the answers on what's going to make customers come in. Um, but it's starting the, the advertising push through our socials with our huge followings, um, as well as with targeted ads and kind of things like that. And starting to just find the right message to get people interested to come, come shop. Okay. So marketing is a big push for you guys this time of year. Yes. What data are you tracking to monitor your customers' expectations and how and how have you seen those metrics really change over the past few years? I mean, delivery times, order visibility and tracking, I mean, all of that has really ramped up, especially amid the pandemic and people ordering online more than more than ever before. Um, yeah. so what what kind of things have you seen with your consumer base? I mean, I think you highlighted some of the biggest ones. Yeah. Uh, consumers are really concerned about lead times. And, you know, only so much we can do. I think think what we found has worked the best is just being upfront with our consumers about it, about, you know, it it is going to take us six weeks. Here's why. And and trying to be transparent. Like, this Mm -hmm. is why it's going to take so long. It's not because, you know, we're sitting around drinking (laughs) my ties. I know it's (laughs) it's just because it's going to take a delay to get here. Um, Yeah. And I think I think transparency is one of the biggest things that consumers are wanting. Yes. You yeah. Know, and I think it, it shows social is a very good, very good and bad kind of gauge of how our consumers feel. Mm-hmm. Because as we all know, you get a lot of people who scream fire when it's only, you know, a match. Right. Right. Um, exactly. But I do think our social team does a good job of, of staying on top of those and seeing trends. You know, if they start to see two or three messages or five messages or whatever the number is of people saying the same thing they tend to raise the flag really quick and be like, okay, this might be an issue. Can we look into it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then kind of, you know, customer service and the tech teams and kind of all different teams will dive into it and be like, okay, is this thing really an issue? Or is this just, you know, an offshoot of people having issues? So I think that coupled with, you know, customer service data, the tickets that are opened, all yeah. put together kind of gives us that that insight. And, and like kind of on that same level of transparency, can you fulfill from any of your warehouses and is that transparent to the customer so right now we just have one okay so we had we just have the one big one we had a smaller one that we within the past few weeks have migrated everything out of oh okay i was i, I wasn't sure if you still had but like you you mentioned the new one and i right. wasn't sure if you ever okay got it got it and so i'm sure over the next 12 to 24 months mm-hmm. we may bring another one online we've had discussions around logistically opening another one and Mm -hmm. finding out where that is, whether it's an East coast or a West coast or, you know, kind of and trying to help with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I don't know if we would ever share that with a consumer where it's coming from. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But right now, luckily fingers, nothing to work on. We have just the one. So it does make it easier. Got it. Now, I haven't heard you express this, but you were, you know, 
Studio McGee is really a, a curated selection. Um, and, and that's kind of how people refer to it. Um, but what happens when some of those, those pieces, those key pieces don't show up on time for the season they're atten- intended for. So I, maybe this happened in 2020 and 2021 and now you've gotten ahead of it, but back then, like what, what, how did you prepare around that? You know, the, in 2020, we weren't super prepared right. to have the delays. I think it kind of hit everyone in the side of the head of like, oh, wait, this stuff's not going to be here on time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think a prime example is we had some outdoor pieces mm. that were supposed to be here, you know, ready for outdoor season. So what would that have been? March, April-ish. And I don't think we, I don't think the shipments came till June, July. And so that's one of those ones where you have to sit down and look at it and go, does it make sense to even launch it right now? Right. Or do we just say, okay, let's put it on the shelves or let's put it in the warehouse and let's wait for the next season. What'd you guys do? I, I think it was a mixed, a mixed bag. I think it really was just depending on, you know, how we're, how we're sales doing for outdoor in general or, or whatever category in general. And does it, you know, are we going to see sales or is it just going to come out and be like, did we miss the boat? Okay. And if so, if, if we thought that we had missed the boat, if it was too far down the path, then I think, we just kind of stuck it on the shelf and said, okay, this is going to launch next year. And we're ready to go. Got it. Well, as you know, as we kind of alluded to earlier, and especially as you were talking about looking over, you know, looking into the next six months to, to a year and how we, how you are, you know, planning around inflation and, and uh, kind of a volatile economy that we're, we're finding ourselves in right now. A lot of businesses are really looking for ways to improve their bottom line increase efficiency and productivity. I mean, you're even doing it with with the robots and and really driving more profitability than than ever. Is this a priority for CDO McGee right now? And how does that impact holiday planning? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's, (laughs) I think it's always a concern. And, And I think, you know, we did a price hike or price change increase on our products a month ago, okay, two months ago, month and a half ago, something like that. And we sent out a mass email to our customers, letting them know yeah. and, and being transparent of like, it's not because we're trying to increase our bottom line. It's because everyone before we get it has raised their prices. And mm-hmm. so we have to kind of, we held off as long as we could before we were like, okay, we have to kind of adjust our prices. And so I think with that, it's also figuring out how to stay profitable or be profitable with compressed margins mm-hmm. um, and just <laughs> doing all that we can to, to kind of find that happy, happy place where we're yeah. not, we're not having the consumer shoulder all of the costs, but at the same time, not sell things at a loss. Right. And, and so it's looking into that. And then I think, like you mentioned, it is really looking for efficiencies. It's looking through trends, looking through what we're spending on things. Can we find, you know, another location to, to have it manufactured in mm-hmm. that's going to help cut down on the, the supply chain cost and just kind of try to find those efficiencies. And then internally, it's really for, you know, part of my team, the, the NetSuite admin team, it's really looking at the way that people are doing their jobs internally and saying, how can we make their job more efficient? You know, is there workflows or is there additional functionality we can add to NetSuite or add to their jobs that's going to help them be more efficient and uh, and kind of find those those types of things? Absolutely. Yeah. More automation to really, you know, again, that all kind of leads back to the more, <laughs> the less 
I don't know, manual processes or, or things that they're doing that are taking up a good chunk of their time and taking them away from strategy and future planning. Right. Like yep. the, the, so that all results in more productivity. Great to hear that. Um, and I mean, this kind of probably you, you basically kind of answer this, but I am curious beyond the holidays. I mean, we talked a lot about the holidays and, and how you're kind of uh, navigating that, but like, what is Studio McGee looking to tackle over the next, let's call it year. And how will, how will NetSuite help you get there? Yeah, it's, it's going to be continuing the refinement of our processes and and just spending more time looking at the data and, and figuring out you know what where are we bloated with our process mm-hmm. and where are we bloated with supply chain costs or just trying to find those efficiencies and really dive in into ways to make them better absolutely um, as well as deciding maybe we don't have enough people in certain areas yeah and i think a lot of that just comes through through this process of, mm-hmm. of finding that out right so. well very very interesting stuff again i think this is everything you hit on today is 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 what we're hearing um you know from from businesses all all over the world and and, and in every industry so um really insightful really interesting to hear how how y'all are uh, planning for the holiday season this year and definitely looking forward to, you know, seeing uh, the future growth for, for, for Studio McGee. And we just appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with us today. Uh, thanks for having me. It's, it's been fun. Thanks so much to Josh Batchelor from Studio McGee for joining us and sharing that insight around preparing for the holiday season. I have left a link in the description of this episode for more information about how Studio McGee uses NetSuite, so be sure to check that out. I also want to shout out to our editing crew over at Lampstand, and as always, all of you for tuning in. Hey, if you like what you learned, there is always so much more where that came from, so be sure to subscribe to our channel like and review this episode and go give us a follow on social media. I've left some handy dandy follow links for you right at the bottom of this episode description. Thank you and cannot wait to chat with you soon. Bye. You just listened to the NetSuite podcast. Be sure to tune in every week with more NetSuite developments, stories, and insights into the benefits of one integrated system to help you run your business.